What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Live Loud Life Podcast. My name is Dr. Antonio, your host of the Live Loud Life Podcast. Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. Um, we really appreciate you taking your time to uh, uh, to listen to this podcast and and hopefully gain some valuable information about how uh, about how we can help you live a lo- help you live a loud life, help your family. Uh, our our big goal is to uh, is to create stronger families for a stronger community, and and obviously in our expertise, we do that through chiropractic and coaching, but just but just knowledge around how to navigate. Uh, musculoskeletal pain, aches and pains, uh, prenatal, postnatal, pediatric care, and just kind of family dynamics in general. And 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 we we do. I would say we do take a kind of fundamental generalist approach. I think there's. Uh, we obviously have our specialties. Obviously, as we just as we just described, and as a subset of those low back and shoulders is is something that I dive more into. But even in that specialty niche. Our conversation starts with a generous approach of, of just understanding the principles of health and fitness and nutrition and wellness. And more times than not, most of us are just not getting the baseline of those. And we want to we want to go, we want to go further with all these and and, and explore and, and kind of branch out. But when you look at like the wellness wheel and, and the model of just health and longevity, it's really more the principle of an inch wide and a mile deep of of understanding. There's a, there's a subset of core principles, and if you just do those and you do them well and you do them consistently enough, you will see and reap the benefits and the results that you want. Now, with that, movement is obviously our foundation and our basis, and everything that we we talk about comes from a from a from a stance of movement and reducing stagnation and and obviously there's depending on the case and the individual we do branch out and get into some some deeper specifics but but when we're talking from a from an element of musculoskeletal pain more time than not we're, when we're dealing with injuries it it comes back down to guided movement and understanding the context of what's happening now this changes based on the extent of the injury whether it's you know uh, a muscle tear or a tendon tear or a fracture by all means that will change this but more times than not the cases that come into our office and most outpatient clinics such as ours there's not there's not a there's there's not significant quote unquote significant damage to tissue that would warrant something further it does come up but but it but it but it reduces right and and there are chronic conditions so on and so forth but we're not getting into you know nuances here and but what we want to describe is again movement based principles to help you deal with your aches and pains. Well, from the most acute disc injuries, we are having people move as soon as possible. Now, why is that the case? The more stagnant you are, the stiffer you'll be. The stiffer you'll be will create more muscle tightness, joint tightness, so on and so forth. And that in itself will create more pain. And as there's more pain, you're going to then hypersensitize the pain pathways, which makes everything more painful. And then it's going to make it stiffer. So you really just fall into this very quick, you very quickly fall into this negative feedback loop of one thing leading on to another. And all of a sudden you're spiraling and you feel like you can't do anything. And by movement and through movement, we break that cycle and offer positive experiences with movement to gain confidence 
As we described, dipping your toes in the water and testing it out and then starting to just continue to wade deeper and deeper. And with that, as you gain more confidence, you start to understand that your body is more resilient than you thought it was and the pain that you're experiencing might not be as intense as previously uh, portrayed by your body and your nervous system. All of which take into consideration uh, orthopedic evaluation and testing to determine that we're not going to be creating more harm. Obviously, now what we want to start, what we wanted to start with today and talk about is is a is a more specific approach, and this is um, heel, ankle pain kind of issues. Now we're going to give a brief anatomy lesson here that will describe what we're talking about. Now. Through life, when we're dealing with uh, range of motion and stretching and things like that, uh, more times than not, we live in this what we call sagittal plane. The sagittal plane is basically forward and backward. So if you think about like your your bicep, like if I was to do a bicep curl, my arm comes forward and then goes back down, right? Or if I was to bend forward with my torso and then come back up, I'm moving in the sagittal plane. Now, when we're walking, we're moving in the sagittal plane. Interestingly enough, though, there's a lot of counter rotation. But what we what we forget is, although our translation seems to be in the sagittal plane forward, if you were to break down and look at the subset of joints involved in walking, there's actually a lot of rotation involved, as we just described in counter rotation of our torso. But we have to look at is also within our ankle, we have a lot of uh, rotation, but also uh, movement within what's called the the frontal plane. So in the frontal plane, this would be me like tipping side to side. Now, what is considered frontal plane motion of the ankle or the or or, or the foot? This would be pronation and supination uh, as controlled strongly through what's called the subtalar joint, which is right above your calcaneus or your heel. So the way that your ankle is designed is you have your shin bone, which most of us are familiar about, but uh, your ankle bone has two bony prominences, one on the inside, one on the outside. So the other side is your fibula. It's actually called your fibula, the head of your fibula. And uh, what you see is, is basically like this horseshoe-shaped, rounded structure between the, the bottom of the tibia and the bottom of the fibula. Now what sits in between that is a dome that's called your talus. So for those of you watching the video, we basically have the tibia and fibula, fibula and then the talus sits right in between. Now why is that important? Well, that's what gives you the main the main motion of dorsiflexion, which is bringing your toes up and down, right? Your ankle flexes up and down in the sagittal plane. And so that 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 dome basically slides and glides in between the two malleoli uh, uh, and creates that excursion. And this is what gives us a lot of dorsiflexion. So when we are running and jumping, we're able to turn our ankle into a large spring, primarily through the loading of the Achilles tendon and the, um, the calf and the soleus, right? And then, we, and then we launch off of that. But 
as we're translating and also more importantly as we're as we're cutting and changing directions we have to be able to articulate the foot to increase ground reaction and ground contact and we do that through the subtalar joint the subtalar joint so we said the talus is that dome-shaped structure that sits in between the malleoli so subtalar means below and below that is your calcaneus or your heel bone. So there is a joint. So if the talus is a dome-like structure for, for explanation purposes, underneath that dome structure, it's relatively flat. So imagine, um, you know, uh, what is, I'm drawing a blank on... I'm drawing a blank on that massive rock that's in Australia, but it's flat on top. But imagine if that rock was rounded off, right? And then the bottom is flat. And then under on that flat surface, you then have the calcaneus. So the reason why that's flat herf, relatively flat, is the calcaneus can now slide and glide in uh, not as much of a forward and back direction, but a side to side. So the, the talus is moving forward and backwards, and then the calcaneus can actually move side to side. So if you were to imagine like a, if I was doing like a really wide leg lunge, so I'm in a wide leg position, my toes are pointing straight. Because my legs are so far out from me, my feet have to be flat on the ground. So you're going to see your calcaneus or your subtalar joint actually turn inwards to flatten your foot on the ground while your feet are spread out. So this is important because as you are, again, cutting or moving or doing something as a side lunge, you want to be able to increase the amount of surface area on the ground so that you have the best contact that you can to change directions, to push off, whatever that might be. Now, what happens is this joint gets tight. And... It gets tight for a few reasons, but two of the main reasons are previous injury, meaning you've rolled your ankle to some capacity, and that joint has stiffened because you were potentially, you know, put in a boot, a cast, or something like that. But more importantly, we have been wearing very rigid shoes that that reduce the amount of subtalar excursion that can be expressed. And with most things within our body, if you don't use it, you lose it. So that joint starts to tighten. It starts to not solidify like, you know, in a rock hard formation. But as we know, and we've described on other episodes before, is that if a joint's not being used, it actually starts to become arthritic. And arthritic joints tend to be stiffer and don't move as well. And so you lose the ability to create inversion and eversion. Now, interestingly enough, as you, as we, at our normal locomotion uh, gait pattern as well as running is we actually land uh, and, and running landing position is debated uh, uh, across individuals and coaches. So we'll just talk about walking right now, but we land actually on the kind of outside back part of your heel. And as you land and your body starts to translate over your foot, it then will kind of roll along the outside and then it will pronate and drop across the midfoot so that you can roll then off of your big toe. Now, why is this important? Well, if I'm landing on the outside of my heel, in order for me to pronate, my calcaneus has to swoop down and around to allow the midfoot and the forefoot to come back and around. 
And so if that's stiff, you will sometimes see what we refer to as like hyperpronation, meaning your your midfoot is kind of lagging because your your back, your rear foot is stiff and it'll slam harder. Or you'll just see a hypersupinated position and then you're pushing off the big toe or other things. And that could, or, or, or a lateral component of your foot instead of the big toe is kind of like the second or third toe. Uh, and that could lead to bunion formation and a number of other things. So we want and we need proper uh, inversion, this this calcaneus uh, subtalar joint side to side is called inversion and eversion. We want and we need that. It is important. And it's oftentimes a very overlooked um, uh, mobility thing that's, that's not addressed. We are, we're always focused on dorsiflexion, being able to get your knees over your toes more, more ankle flexion, so on and so forth, where in reality, unlocking that side-to-side motion can prove to be more beneficial for you. And the same goes through with the thoracic spine. We're so focused on like ex- extension, which is important, but by actually adding rotation, you loosen up the joints in a completely different way, and that sometimes will unlock more range of motion than what you been searching for all along. Now, how do you do this? Well, there's banded exercises and manual mobilizations, but one thing that I found to be very beneficial is using a yoga wedge or any wedge, uh, but not a plate, like a weightlifting plate. You need a wedge because it provides uh, a slope opportunity for your whole foot to be on the ground. So what you're going to do, and let's say for just demonstration purposes, we're talking about the right ankle. You're going to you're gonna have the wedge facing one direction. You're going to put your, your whole foot on the wedge. Now what you're going to do, let's say for instance, the wedge is sloping down towards the right. So my right ankle is on the foot, or my right foot is on the wedge. It's sloping down. So I, it almost looks I'm in a ro- like my ankle's about to roll. I'm in a rolled ankle position. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to try to to try to bring my arch down. So I'm going to pronate and then I'm going to supinate and I'm just going to rock back and forth. But because I'm biased by the wedge, I'm actually going to mobilize the subtalar joint and the calcaneus more effectively. And this in turn will give me more rocking motion, which allows my foot to move and glide better when I'm walking and running and jumping and doing all those other things that will reduce my chances of rolling my ankle. It will actually reduce chances of Achilles tendonitis because you're able to translate a lot of that force that that should be put laterally uh, side to side as opposed to it being stiff and going straight through the Achilles tendon and making you just a more effective spring and human in general. Now, the theme of this is understanding that our generalist approach of attacking certain things is general in movement principles, but we need to understand how to get to the specifics of what's actually tight. And then we start with movement. I always say like if your if your elbow was in a cast because you broke it or you know had some sort of injury, well what's the first thing anybody would give you well start moving it flex it up and down up and down side to side maybe create some circles with your arms you create a little bit of rotation and you just keep doing that and then you strengthen it right it's no different than any other joint we just try to make it too complex of finding this the right specific joint immobilization when we just don't understand how to move it 
and move it more and keep moving it and keep moving it so that it becomes lubricated and it comes looser and then you move it some more. And then as you start to gain more range of motion, you understand how to load it more, whether that's through body weight exercises or plyometrics or weightlifting to strengthen your ability to control the range of motion. So that's in a nutshell, musculoskeletal pain of understanding that there's certain elements that uh, require obviously some very, very specific uh, attention to details, so on and so forth. But for the most part, a general approach of, approach of just understanding movement and creating the right context and framework of understanding how to move and when to move and, 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 and a certain feeling will help you unlock range of motion that you've been missing for, for maybe years or from like an old high school injury. And we apply this every day, not only to myself, uh, but for others. And uh, I hope that this can provide you some maybe insight, but also some motivation and understanding that we don't have to just deal with the the normal quote unquote bad shoulder bad ankle and aches and pains oftentimes it just needs uh, a, a more keen eye of understanding hey this is what we're seeing I think and I have a strong feeling that if you move it this way more and more and more you're gonna unlock it and then it'll allow us to like start playing with some more details around it so um, this was obviously very specific to the ankle uh, I hope this provides you some good information about uh, about ankle injuries ankle sprains it's not an end all. You know, we hear this so many times. Oh, I got bad ankles. I've sprained it so many times. More likely than not, it's just that it's now locked up because your body doesn't feel comfortable about providing you more range of motion. And then once you unlock it, you provide more strength and stability. And then you can go back to doing a lot of the sports and activities pending the rest of your body's up to par. That is the thing that I ran into in the past is, yeah, I've, I've, I've maybe done some of my prehab, rehab type of stuff, but the rest of my body was not able to handle the breaking control of maybe dynamic sports and that and then turned and created some sort of issue. So it's, you know, I, I don't want that to seem like, oh my gosh, I got so long to, I have so far to go in order to be able to play X, Y, and Z. You just have to understand in order, you got to pay to play sometimes, right? If you're not up to, if you're not up to par on your strength, agility, or movement or, or range of motion, there, there can be consequences. And this is what oftentimes happens with weekend warrior type of players. And if you want to be more proactive about it, we'd love to help you. There's plenty of other strength conditioning coaches and proactive personal trainers, physical therapists, and chiropractors. Uh, but I, you know, I, I am, I implore you to to dive into that rather than taking the reactive approach, but take the pre, the, you know, the be more proactive about it, so that you can live a loud life. And we hope that we can be a part of your journey. If not, please like, share. Uh, post this to your page. Give us a tag if you're digging this, um, uh, uh, so that we know you guys are you guys are following along and, and driving with this. And as always, if you have specifics, uh, I oftentimes pull this off from the conversations that I have with our clients because. You know, if one person has a question about one thing, I guarantee someone else does. And if this can provide you just a little bit of hope, if this can provide you a little bit more knowledge about your own body, if this can help you better determine how to deal with this, but more importantly, encourage you to find the who in your life that can help you exponentially recover from these injuries so that you can stop navigating and, and dealing with like nagging, aching things 
live a loud life. Don't be hindered by your musculoskeletal pain in any form or fashion because there are so many great providers out there, us included. I'll give a, I'll, I'll do a shameless plug there that want to help you get back to all the things that you love. So until next time, guys, live that. Thank you.